This episode has content surrounding sexual violence that may be alarming to some listeners. Please check the show notes for more detailed descriptions before listening, and always take care of yourself. Oh my god, you would have to be to be with I, her. I, I have to be. <laughs> That's so mean. Hey y'all, I'm Kat. And I'm E.G. Welcome back to Luck Supporting Survivors. Today we have a fun guest. A very special guest. We love bringing guests on the podcast. And our guest for today is my roommate. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, he is my roommate. No, my boyfriend, John. John, introduce yourself. Hello, I'm John. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You want to give some more details about yourself? I mean, I suppose. Uh, graduated NC State recently, uh, just got a new job in, uh, composites, so working with fun carbon fibers stuff. Living the dream. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, living the dream, I'm Dane Eags. So. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> living the dream. Okay, so now that y'all know who John is, um, we wanted to have, um, an outside perspective from the two of us to talk about what it looks like to be in a relationship with someone who's a survivor. And so Emma Grace's boyfriend is a great person to do that. Um, and we're just going to talk about like what that looks like for them. Obviously, every relationship is different. Every survivor's experience is different. But this is a good example of what it looks like in ways that they mitigate that and get through that and what that looks like um maybe if you're a survivor who is getting into a new relationship but doesn't really know how to navigate that or if you're someone in a relationship with a survivor and don't really know how to handle that hopefully this episode will give a little bit of insight into what that looks like from two people who I think are are doing it pretty well yeah Mm -hmm. so (laughs) so yeah so in terms of basically like how did the topic come up I guess is I will say, having Lux, it really puts me on blast right away. Like, I think yeah, people, people can put two and two together. Yeah. But, like, as an individual, like, when I decided to tell him, it – I don't I don't know. I think I've gotten really comfortable telling people. But it was also something where – for I don't know how to say it, but I think for survivors a lot, you don't have to tell them. Uh, until you're comfortable with doing it. And I think that's important. Definitely. And I felt very comfortable right away. Um, just because me and John got got to know each other really, really quickly. And got close really, really quickly. Um, but it was it was definitely something. Like, it's a, it's a scary thing to say. You don't know how people are going to react, luckily. Obviously, John reacted really well. But it's, there, it's definitely scary. And it's definitely nerve-wracking. And it's one of those things, like, will they think of me less? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned is they won't. And if they do, run like hell. Yeah. That's not a person you need to be with. But, yeah, I mean, you would say it went well. Like, are there yeah. any things that you feel like you did that, like, helped that happen? I think I think one of the things that was made it easier for me kind of when I was telling him is I'm someone who processes a lot of things out loud. Mm-hmm. So at least – in my head when I was telling him, I was speaking really slowly and I was being very like particular about the words I was using because I think another important thing to know is like you can tell people what happened without telling them everything. Totally. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's like 
I think there's some things that only I know about things and mm-hmm. that's never going to come out. But I think, you know, I told him a little bit at the start and then as things kind of progressed, more and more things came out. But it was it was a very gradual kind of development. Um, and I think that it doesn't have to be that way, but it, it also totally can be. Yeah. And I mean, I think at the end of the day, like what you said is you tell them however you want to tell them and they hear it well or they're not someone that you should be with. And I think like hearing it well doesn't necessarily mean like saying all the right things and feeling like you handle it perfectly, but like handling it in a way that demonstrates that you want to be there for them. And like, you're not always going to say the right things and it's going to be awkward, whatever, but like making sure that you're demonstrating that you want to support them at the end of the day is like, think what it comes down to. No, exactly. John, do you, I mean, do you feel like you did that? Like, what was it like to, to hear her say all that? Um, well, it was a very long 30 minutes to start, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, no, it was, it was very, um, bonding, I would say, Okay. because I get to look into her life and see the struggles and then saw how she also started to overcome that, which was very great. Um, something that I think is very important, uh, especially from an outsider view is, uh, not to pressure anybody, like just to say what happened to them or even just give them a sliver, just wait for them to tell you, wait till they're comfortable. Yeah. I think that's awesome advice. Um, okay. So moving past like what it was like to tell him and like share that, what's it like to like be in a relationship with a survivor, John? Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, (laughs) okay. Well, what's it like to be with like a survivor rather than just Emma Grace? We all know. Okay. What's it like to like, I don't know, like, is it different than, like, a, like, normal quote-unquote relationship? Like, what does it look like? Um, I would say it's not too terribly different, necessarily, but uh, there are some slight nuances that are out there, but uh, it's one thing that I've noticed, and this might might just be with Emma Grace, uh, is that the communication is top tier. Like, Yeah, and I think... I think that's a really reassuring thing to hear on my end because communication, like, especially when you've been through events like these, communication on all kind of levels, not even romantically, it can falter. Yeah. And that was something that was really hard for me to rebuild in my friendships, let alone my relationships. And so yeah. being on this kind of, you know, it's always an upward battle, but kind of being on the kind of, in, a, in a place right now where... I can see myself healing in that regard and being able to hear John be like, oh, the communication is good. Like that's, I think that that's really reassuring to me. And I think that should be reassuring to a lot of people where like, yes, this was obviously so incredibly terrible, but it's not a situation where you're never going to be in a good relationship again. Yeah. It's not detrimental. Yeah. And I think it's also good to say like, there are ways things will be hard at the beginning, but there's ways to overcome it. And I mean, to be fair, it's taken me four, five years at this point, but also like the time's going to pass anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know that y'all have talked about like specific instances in which things happen that like, obviously John is a part of because like he's with you. Like how do y'all work through like those times? Slowly. Uh, I mean, there's certain things that I can see getting better every day, but, um, 
there's some things that just last a little while. Like I can't pick up a knife in front of her in the kitchen mm-hmm. without her freaking out just a hair. Like she'll just take five steps back and I'm like, calm down. <laughs> but, uh, but then I think like you being aware of that and like mm-hmm. knowing the fact that like, maybe we let her do the chopping instead, like Absolutely. things like that, like working through it, but also like knowing what it looks like and working around it, I mm-hmm. think is also yeah. a big thing. Yeah. And Absolutely. I think that's a great example that he shared because I can see how John takes the time. He's like, okay, well, like, this is how, like, clearly someone has used a knife incorrectly around you, so this is how you do it correctly. And, like, there's a lot of, I think, safety components. And I think as an individual, John is just, like, a very cautious person and is, like, safe about those kinds of things. But I think that that's a good attribute for a lot of people to have. For survivors who are listening and for individuals who are in relationships with survivors, like, making them feel safe even in your own way and mm-hmm. like little ways like that can definitely go a long way. At least for me, that's something that I've seen a lot. And then also like, I would say something that it comes and goes. I think one of the things with being a survivor is you never know what's going to happen when, yeah. and you never know when like certain triggers are going to set in. And there's times where I've been with John and I've had these triggers and I mean, not to put words in his mouth, but I don't think it's something he's had to, like, actively deal with before. And so, like, there was one time where we were were out together at at PetSmart, and I was just, you know, getting litter for Salem, and I go up, and the the cashier is, you know, not who I want to be seeing. And it's one of those things where I, I completely froze. I mean, there's, like, the fight, flight, or freeze, and my body freezes. And it was one of those things where like, I couldn't tell John that something was wrong, but he knew something was wrong. And so it's like, also even just being there can be very influential for a lot of people. So kind of realizing what your partner needs and even having those conversations beforehand when they feel up to it is like, what does your partner need in times of distress or peril? Yeah. And how can you support them? Because even though I never explicitly said like, John, I need you to do this, this and this before it had happened. He kind of knew, like, he was just there, and he was like, okay, like, you're going to get your seat, we're going to walk out the door now, we're going to do that. Like, it was was what I needed, right? And so, I think that's not something, at least for me, you you can't really prepare for a trigger, like a, a trigger you're not expecting. And so, I think understanding that on both sides of a relationship, whether it be on the survivor side or... I guess the other person's side, the like ally, the side, ally yeah. side, whether it be whatever side it's on, it's important to recognize that like triggers are unique and like each person reacts differently to the triggers. So see what you can do to help their personal unique reactions. Yeah. And I think like, like you said, a huge thing is like being ready to support them without having all the information. Like you're in pet smart and John doesn't know what's going on, but he's like aware that you need help and he's going to give it to you without being like, Hey girl, tell me what the hell is happening right now? Like you can have that conversation in the car, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's a, I mean, even outside of like specific situations, like in general, like being willing to support without having all the information. Exactly. It's really big. Um, okay. So I feel like we've covered a lot and we've talked a little bit about this already, but are there like challenges, John, that come with, I mean, we've just talked about, like, a pretty specific example, but, like, in general, like, being in a relationship with a survivor, like, what are the challenges that come with that? Yeah. So, um, even 
going past the triggers is that there might be certain days that maybe anniversaries or just reminds the uh, survivor of something that happened in their past. So there's certain days where they're just sort of gloomy and you have to Mm -hmm. work extra, extra hard to cheer them up. So that's definitely something. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, not to not to say like, are there any positives? Because like, obviously, like being a survivor is a negative thing in mm-hmm. most capacities. But like, I don't know, it doesn't like always have to be a negative thing. Like, do you feel like you're like, more empathetic out of being in this relationship? Like, have you learned more? Like, are there any positives that have come out of like a dark thing like this? Absolutely. I definitely view the world with a lot more empathy now. And uh really think about uh what i'm saying before i say it yeah just not to upset anybody or um bring them back to something that they don't want to think about at all yeah and i don't i don't know how much john's going to appreciate me saying i mean it's not a bad thing by any means but i think one of another thing at least that i've recognized that's on the positive side of it is like he he won't stand for stupid shit like he'll say something when it's needed. And I don't think that that's always like what everyone's reaction is. But I think I've been able to see that kind of throughout our relationship, not to say he didn't do it before. I didn't know him before, but it was, it's, it's refreshing to see his support, not just be to me, but to be to other survivors as well. And I think that's an important caveat too, is whatever your relationship is with, Whoever support all survivors. Yeah. I mean, I think all of those things are great notes for allies. Like, be there to support them on their hard days. Try to be more empathetic. Like, hopefully bring something good out of this bad thing. And like we say all the time, like, don't be a bystander. Like, if something is happening that you have the ability to change, like, work to change it. And I think if that is something, John, that has come out of this is like you being more aware of that, then like that's definitely a positive. Like not all of this has to be negative all the time. Um, And like I feel like that's come out of Lux for me for sure. Definitely. Yeah. So there are positives for sure. Um, Okay. This is for both of y'all, I would say. It doesn't have to necessarily be for one. But like, John, what do you do in the relationship? And we've touched on this already. But like what do you do to support her as – like what in specific moments but like, <laughs> oh my gosh like in specific moments but also like in general in the relationship uh, let's see well uh specific moments i would say it is just being there and always being a listening ear it's luckily i'm much more of a listener than a talker oh my god you would have to be to be with I, her I have to be. <laughs> so me. okay it's with love that oh, you could so say true. that of it's me so in a true. second so that is so it's true of both of us waiting for john to be like because she's the talker <laughs> she's certainly not the listener you can listen to this podcast and john is literally the guest and both of us have talked yeah. more than him yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sorry. Keep going. Um, but yeah, listening to him or to her constantly, and then uh, I would say just trying to take things off of her plate if you know that she's busy or having a bad day. It's just that little bit that you can help a person is helping them so much more in their eyes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think no, that's awesome. And John totally does all of that, and I think there's other things too from. I guess my perspective that I don't know if he necessarily recognizes that he does, but they're always like 
at least for me, it shows that he supports me. And I think one of that is something I touched on, but like there's a sense of safety. Um, And I think safety, a sense of safety can look a lot of different ways. And I think that's up for every survivor to kind of interpret on their own. But I feel as though I've been, I know what, I know what I need to have to be safe. And even without having to tell John, that's been able to kind of occur. And not to say you shouldn't tell your partner, you should tell your partner, but I was just lucky enough where I didn't really need to explain all of it. Yeah. And he kind of knew. So I think, I think one of, I don't know how to say it, but in a way he, and it's, it's hard to do. And I think, again, it's, our relationship has grown really fast and this might not be something that happens straight out of the gate for every relationship, but almost like in days that are really hard and anticipating my needs, or if I tell him like, Hey, like, for example, my birthday is really hard. I do not enjoy my birthday. And he's like, okay, well, we're going to take your mind off it. We're going to do something else. Like having kind of – and it, I think it all goes back to communication, but having – being able for him to have him like be a listening ear and a shoulder to cry on and to have – to be a person for me to be able to process things with and like – Say, like, I don't like this. I don't like that. Like, I this day is a bad day for me. To have someone who's just, like, in your corner supporting you on that day is really great. And that can look a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to be, like, I'm taking you to this super nice dinner and I'm buying you all these really nice things. And it, it can be, like, here's a little, like, post-it note that says I love you on it. Or here's, you know, hang out with your cat. Like, or... <laughs> Let's just watch, like, your show tonight. Like, it can look a lot of different ways, but I think getting on a similar wavelength of what your partner, and and I think this goes for any relationship, really, but getting on a similar wavelength of what you need in your time of need is really helpful. Yeah, and, I mean, I was going to say this, too, that, like, obviously we're doing an episode on what it's like to love a survivor, but I feel like everything that you guys are saying applies to, like, every relationship. Like, survivor or not, like... And I feel like that speaks to, like, to be in a a relationship with a survivor, it's not, like, this, like, crazy, different, super delicate thing. Like, you're just in a relationship with a person who's got some shit, which is, like, every single relationship ever. So I think people, like, sometimes look at it as, like, oh, my God, it's going to be so different. Like, they're going to have all these things. Like, you're just a person who's got some stuff the same way people have stuff. Right. And also, like, uh, this probably is not going to be comforting for anyone, but I think it's a statement that you can find comfort in if you try. There are so many people who have been assaulted who are in happy relationships. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I mean. Like, it's, I think, you know, even just off the top of my head, I know people, but I think you, it's, it's not something, we're getting to this point in society where we're talking about it more. We have to remember, just because we're talking about it more doesn't mean it didn't happen in the past. Like, yeah. there are generations of individuals who have unfortunately been assaulted, but there's generations of people who have found happy endings. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things, like, just truck on, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, do your best the way that I think all people are doing in all relationships. Exactly. Um, okay, for both of y'all, but for John specifically, um, is there anything that you want to share with others who are kind of in the same boat that y'all are in? Absolutely. I'd love to give some relationship advice. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I'd say be patient and uh, enjoy long talk with the person. Really get to know them. Granted when they're ready, but 
even if it's not about anything serious, just talk to them. It's great. And take a deep breath. I guess that goes for everyone now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like I would want people that I was talking to to do that in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think, too, be on both sides. Be someone that people feel comfortable processing things to. Mm-hmm. As someone who processes things out loud, I know that's not everyone's kind of thing, but on the receiving end, be someone who is willing to be there for people when they need it, whether that's to process, whether that's to listen, whether that's to sit in silence and do nothing. Just be there for that person so that they have someone. And we've talked about this a lot, but being a survivor of sexual violence can be so isolating. Yeah. And we've talked about it in a lot of different episodes too where, you know, there's there's different caveats with like, there's a lot sometimes survivors really only interact with other survivors, you know? And so it's it's a different it's a different game for sure. But being able to have someone to be there on your side with makes it just a little bit less lonely. And I think that on both sides is something that's needed, survivor or not. Definitely. All right. Y'all got anything else you want to say about this topic? Um, I actually – okay, wait, John, go ahead. Um, I actually, okay, so related but not related, I remember I was watching this, I watched this show a while ago, Uh, I was recommended to it, and I think this has been a really good, happy episode, but I think um, when we're talking about relationships and it comes to survivors, we also have to mention, you know, domestic violence relationships, and so one thing that I wanted to quickly mention is for all those Especially, I think, for all those allies out there to really... There's this good show called Made, and it really dives deep into kind of the cycle of domestic abuse and how people get rid of it. And I think if you are someone who is going into a relationship with a survivor, or even if you just want to learn more about what that looks like from a survivor's point of view and what they really go through, I think it can give a lot of really good insight. And I know I shared that show with a lot of individuals who are close to me and they were really able to get a better idea of a lot of things um and they all had great reviews and so I think if anyone has any free time in this busy busy life I would recommend watching it and I think it's I think it's definitely a must watch John anything to add um just be patient I guess best I got that's a good note All right, y'all. So we end every episode with action items Um, in the show notes there. Instead of being references like usual for the information that we talked about, because obviously today we just chatted, um, there are going to be specific like informative pieces for allies to learn a little bit more about how to support our survivor. So if you want to check those out, those will be in our show notes. Um, As always, support a survivor in your life. Check in with your loved ones. Um, I think having conversations like these is really important. Like if you know a survivor, literally just saying like, what can I do to support you? How can I do better than I'm doing now? I think is huge. Yeah. Um, The next one I think has John's name written all over it. (laughs) Oh. Uh, you should. John is caught so off guard. He has to participate in action items. (laughs) Uh, you should always practice empathy with, uh, anybody you're talking to, no matter if they're a survivor or just someone you're passing on the street, just be kind. Yep. And like always do something nice for yourself and do something nice for others. With that being said, 
Thank you, John, for coming on. Thanks for ha- I thanks for having us. As thanks, if you we've come to your podcast. Thanks for joining, John. I think you did a great job. You added a great perspective. Yeah. And to everybody else, thanks for hanging out with us. Make good choices. Peace and love. Boost. <laughs>